0: Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler.
1: Welcome back to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for listening to us. We appreciate that. After a uh, a cold snap all last week, it's going to get much better today. So we'll be able to get out, see some sunlight. Everyone's mood will be lifted, just like Scott Fawn's mood was lifted down with Mickey and Minnie and all the cast of the Disney characters last week. Scott, how you doing? Welcome in.
2: Oh, doc, it was a grind. It was a grind. <laughs> oh but, uh, well, why mean, was it a grind? I had a great time, but uh, it, it was it was a bit of a grind. I had not one for lines, uh, and and boy, I tell you, there was lines. But we had we had a lot of fun. It was a good time. I'm glad we went.
3: You didn't ask me for my advice. The thing that I did every morning, I was like slamming pre-workout in at like 7 a.m. before we went out.
2: Like, it's going to be <laughs> yeah.
3: a long day.
2: By about 11 in the morning, I needed that. I, I regretted that I did not do that. But we did it all. We did all the parks. We did the whole thing. Uh, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I recommend everybody do it once
1: and then you'll have to be <laughs> driving uber for the next five years for a second job to pay for it all right i un- i understand it's gone crazy skyrocketing prices at disney
2: uh yes it is not cheap yeah it is yeah. not cheap i had to i had to thank my sugar mama casey for stepping uh, for <laughs> in and coming through the trip
4: now where can we see the photo of the whole fam and their matching t-shirts and mickey ears <laughs>
2: Look, that's where I drew the line. I don't do matching shirts. Unless, I, unless I'm unless uh, i drafted to play for the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm not wearing matching shirts. I'm just not doing it. I might do like a coordinated color for a picture, but I'm not doing some shirt with the Mickey ears on it says that. I, I just don't. I'm just not going to do it. He's Other the Kylie. people can. I'm not judging you. I don't do it.
3: He's the Kylie Kelsey.
2: <laughs> I, just I have don't know rules. what that means, but if she or he does not wear matching shirts, and yes, I am the Kylie Kelsey.
1: Scott Fawn, publisher of the Missouri Times and host of uh, this week in Missouri politics, joins us. Well, you missed Lincoln days. Did you have a? Did you just have an emptiness in in your soul, Scott? That you missed the Lincoln days in KC? Doc, I wouldn't
2: say I missed it. Um, <laughs> look, I, I've been to a bunch of them, I and I actually like it. Once I get there and visit with some old friends I ain't seen in a while. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're in the spot now where the three guys running for governor, uh, whoever you're seen talking to, whatever, whatever suite you're in a little longer than the others, uh, it kind of just causes as many problems as it, as it, uh, helps. I did hear they had a nice time. It was relatively cordial, uh, event. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I, as much as I would have loved to have, uh, to heard Governor Nome, I think I'm going to scratch my Lincoln Day tonight here in Cole County.
1: All right. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, what's going on, um, you know, in Jefferson City, of course, the Cole County Lincoln Days tonight. But IP reform, according to both Cindy O'Loughlin and another guest we talked to last week, is probably, I guess, Bill Eigel mentioned it, too, will be uh, on the floor today. Where where do you think that might go?
2: You got your crystal ball out for that one? All right, I'm going to give you my uh, my old style of knowledge. I'm going to break it out for you. How about that? Oh, yeah. I've uh, I've watched this for a few weeks now. And I I don't know that this is the intent of all of them, but I think the folks behind this bill, uh, you remember Sapa, where I guess it was state cops couldn't talk to federal cops. I mean, it was clearly unconstitutional. Everybody in the Senate knew this is just some game uh, to make people on Facebook happy. And I, I kind of get the feeling this is safe for 2.0. I think the bill sponsors, I think everybody in the Senate knows that this concurrent majority thing, Boy, to say it's 50% that it'll hold constitutional muster is probably optimistic. I think this is a kind of, um, it's become almost silly. The Democrats know this is unconstitutional. They'll end up letting it go. If I had to guess, the Senate will come in today for a while. They'll adjourn. Uh, then they'll come in Tuesday, probably mid-afternoon, some middle of the day. And they'll go on until they get done. If I had to guess. The Democrats will get a, will take a bunch of hostages for this. Rizzo will play the Republicans because they're divided for fools again. And they'll let this thing pass. And I, I had to guess, according to what most folks think, it'll be declared unconstitutional two years from now. And, you know, this will all be for nothing. And I also think the people behind the bill, they know that very well, maybe more than anyone else.
0: Scott, we appreciate you joining us. I, I want to ask you about a, a bill that's going to come up tonight at the city council that also could end up in the court. And that has to do with something that involves the LGBTQ community. And we've had Attorney General Andrew Bailey on this show several times, and he has said he believes it is unconstitutional. It is a four page bill, essentially folks, it expresses support for the LGBTQ community and declares Columbia a safe haven for free speech and expression. I've read the bill. I don't, I don't see the word sanctuary in there. What's your sense on that? A, do you think it passes tonight? And B, will the attorney general file a lawsuit from your perspective?
2: Well, I, I figure you're talking about Columbia yes, City Council, yes, right? Yes, Columbia yeah, City Council. i just making sure. Yes. Ooh, boy, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that woke stuff come across the river. I mean, <laughs> we, kinda, we <laughs> got Missouri's mayor, Ron Fitzwater, probably wouldn't have much of that. Look, I, I would say, um, I, I believe that some of these um, ceremonial expressions of support for communities, they have a hard way to go. Look, I grew up in the Boot Hill, and if you were gay at the time I was growing up, you had a hard way to go. And you might like a, a kind of a, sentimental expression of, hey, you're welcome, here." No, I don't think the sanctuary stuff works. Like with SAFA, the supremacy clause says the federal government supersedes the state government. It just does. That's since the, that's they fought a war over this pretty much a uh, while back. The, and, and local government, look, the state law is going to supersede the local law. It just does. That's just common sense. If you water it down to where it doesn't do anything, and then yeah, it's fine. Will Andrew Bidding in the election year probably file a lawsuit? Yeah. I mean, you got to realize Andrew Bailey is a legitimate war hero running against uh, some elitists from Harvard. Uh, he's going to have to do some things similar to what Josh Hawley did, similar to what Eric Schmidt did in an election year. So, yeah, I'm sure. If it, I, I assume it will pass. If I had to guess, it probably doesn't do much. And I assume he'll file a lawsuit over it because, well, politics.
1: I haven't had a chance to uh, to unpack it, but, I mean, initially the the request was essentially the equivalent of affirmative action in law enforcement, where we just weren't going to enforce certain laws. Uh, and asking the police to stand down on certain things and and to me that is that's that's a major problem across the country right we see it in sanctuary cities when it comes to immigrant behavior as well um scott fawn joins us as he does every monday here on wake up mid-missouri
0: scott you guys had uh... senator travis fitzwater from holt summit on the uh... this week in missouri politics on the tv show this weekend he talked yeah. about you know, some understandable things he hits on trying to get along in the Senate, maybe moving some work ahead. I know something we're not beating up on, Travis, but something he's floated again that he floated on the on the House side was a serious discussion about cutting 60 members from the House of Representatives. Your take on that, and number two, is that something that's ever going to happen?
2: Well, I hate it. Um, I mean, I, I've watched this before. Uh, Travis Fitzgerald is one of the smarter, more you know, literally intelligent people in the legislature. He's an innovative, outside the box thinker. But I think when you get done with this, it's just going to empower the cities. Uh, the, the geography of this makes the house more rural. Now they don't act like it very often, but it does make the house more rural. I uh, think it's a great thing for this for this state. <laughs> I don't see cutting sixty being a very good idea. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to make the if you want to make the legislature more urban, it is a good idea. Uh, if you'll make it if you if you don't, I don't think it's a very good idea. No, do I think it'll ever pass? It'd be like turkeys voting for Christmas. You know what I mean? I don't I don't see it happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, he talks about it in terms of aligning representative districts with senatorial districts so that you don't have, you know, a, a representative having two or three overlapping Senate districts. And that way it'd be a more efficient way to govern. I mean that's my capsule oh. summary. Of his argument, I
2: mean, I, I, there is some there's some organization arguments to it. I mean, there is some. I, I do, I do see how it could function uh, as far as you know, in a vacuum. And it, you know, Travis is not a dumb guy. He's a very smart guy. He probably has some good reasons behind it. I'm sure to work uh, if, if it was enacted a little bit better on some level. But look, I think we're better off having Rudy V and Dave Griffiths. I, I don't. I, I, I think, you know, the suburban people, I mean, they're, they're just kind of photocopies of each other. One angry, kind of bizarre, half crazy person with <laughs> goofy ideas after goofy ideas. I think Rudy Veit and Dave Griffin should stay where they are. I don't think you can combine them. They're they're unique guys. They're rural Missouri guys. Uh, and I think the more of those we have, the better. And I, I think, you know, losing them, in my view, is a bad thing for the state of Missouri.
3: Now, you are expected to offer some remarks tonight at Cole County Lincoln Days. Can we get a preview at all of what we can expect from you this evening? And for folks who might be thinking about coming, give us a reason to attend.
2: Capitol Plaza tonight. Social hours at five. I think the program starts around six. If I had to guess Miss Carolyn will start that program right at six, so be there. Uh you're gonna get to see a bunch of the folks running for Congress. You're gonna see a bunch of folks running for governor. Uh, that's the great thing about Cole County Lincoln Days here. The folks are just over at the Capitol. So if there's a filibuster in the Senate, they usually arrange it where they can sneak out for a while and come over and then come back, uh have somebody hold the floor. Uh and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the last one to talk, I guess, and I'm gonna talk about it. Is it enough just to be mad? Do we want whiners or want winners? Can you imagine someone that's voted against ag programs? Let me help you out. If you think someone that voted against ag programs in the statehouse is going to somehow care about Russell <laughs> once they get elected, I have some oceanfront property in West Butler County you're going to love. If you, and It's just a fact. And it, Can you imagine someone that owned a Prius representing Taos? Can you imagine somebody that owned a Prius getting out of that Prius at Dave's tavern and house and going in? My God. I mean you have walk out with one eye. I mean the the fact is we've had we have plenty of whiners in Congress. We need people that wanna win. We need toughness. Uh, it is very we have a very important election here. Judge Beaton's retiring. One of the judges that are gonna pick that are gonna hear the first all these legislative issues you hear about when there's lawsuits and now there always is lawsuits. They come to Cole County first. And you, I watch liberal activists every day come in. They want to put more abortions. They want to eliminate fathers from children's lives. You see how that worked out for the inner cities. They want to take your guns. They want to do things like, like forces DEI stuff on you. It all starts in Cole County. So this, 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 the the listeners here in Cole County have a very outsized view in the trajectory of this state. And did you know, not one judge on the Western District Court of Appeals is from Cole County. Now, I'm a big Missouri plan supporter. That's a damning indictment on the Missouri plan. And hopefully the the, the three people that will be picking judges next, uh, next year will be there. It's time to fix that. In their first term, it's time to fix that. Wouldn't you want a judge from the circuit that hears all the main cases in that room when the Western District Court of Appeals, after the circuit court hears them, they go to the Western District Court of Appeals. Wouldn't you want one judge in that room? That are hearing that, that has experience and how those cases are heard first in the circuit level. It's time to fix that, and uh, we have a big, big choice here in who replaces Judge Beaton. It matters to every corner of this state, I and mean, we take that seriously. We need to pick tough folks, folks who doesn't let liberal activists push them around. We need winners, not whiners, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. All right, um, and without without giving it all away,
1: will there be any um, appeal for some consensus, some unanimity, some? uh you know, one one GOP movement in Missouri
2: forward. Uh you God know. no, we don't need that. I tell you what we need. We need rural people to stop being so nice. We let these city people they whine and whine and whine and they cry and they cry and they cry. And they drive a little priest, their cul de sac type it on Facebook, drinking their Starbucks. We we need somebody to stand up and say, No, no, let's step outside and solve our problem. Ain't no suburban little takes want to do that? It's time that we step up as rural Missouri. We are the supermajority of the supermajority. And it's time we told the city people... Stop whining. We're going to pull this F-150 over and handle you.
1: All right. Well, That's there you go. That doing. sounds like there could be some fireworks uh, maybe before and after the event, after <laughs> Scott gets God, up. I've stepped
2: outside in the parking lot of the capital Plaza <laughs> before I can do it again tonight. Scott's going to
4: need to slam that pre-workout before Lincoln Day's tonight.
2: <laughs> sounds- My pre-workout's a Bud Light.
1: <laughs> sounds- sounds- <laughs> Scott Vaughn worked up before his keynote speech tonight at the Cole County Lincoln Days, and you'll want to get some tickets at the door if you don't already have them. Uh, Scott, thanks, as always, for an entertaining analysis. Glad to have you back from Disney, brother.
2: Thank you. I'm back, but I'm a little sore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll we'll talk to you next Monday. All right.
2: There he is, Scott (laughs) Vaughn.
1: When we come back, it's time for What's Hot with Hannah. Stay tuned, please. (laughs)
0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Telling you what you want to hear since 2015. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri.
1: Well, it's a little bit late again. It's all right. But Scott was on such a roll, I just I couldn't bring myself to interrupt him. I hope he has that fire tonight. Holy cow, was he fired up or what? Well, Hannah's fired up for whatever's hot with you today. What's going on?
4: Well, we were uh, just <laughs> laughing off air because uh, I got some hate mail. You sure <laughs> did. Weekend. How could
1: anyone hate on Hannah? Uh,
4: well, apparently our friend Stephen wow. found it in his heart. I know. Uh, posted an innocent little... Facebook photo of myself holding some energy drinks that a wake up fam member dropped off for me last week because, you know, I was distraught that I didn't have one Friday morning. I like how you can just manifest things. (laughs) One time it was like
3: donut day and you're like, It would be cool if we had donuts and someone showed up with donuts and what was that, Thursday? You're like, I forgot my energy drink and manifested
4: Yeah, two of them just appeared. Delivered energy drinks. Because the wake up fam is awesome. We uh, should ask
0: I, for gold bars next time. Oh, yes.
4: Uh, but I got called a slug, <laughs> which I posted on my Twitter account, producer underscore Hannah, my official rating of this hate comment. I gave it a four out of five stars. Uh, you know, it's a little short and, you know, didn't give me a whole lot to work with. But, uh, you know, they get points for using the word slug. That's like a little creative. So shout yeah. out to Stephen for The fan mail. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what's actually hot with Hannah this morning, I'm pretty pumped because it is National FFA Week. Oh, neat. And I know we chatted with Grant Norfleet, Mm -hmm. uh, was that a couple months ago at this point? Mm -hmm. Um, He is one of the National FFA officers and he lives in Mexico, Missouri, so a local kid who was elected basic or chosen to represent uh, not only Missouri, but, you know, parts of the Midwest on a national scale for the national FFA organization. Um, And Grant kind of shared with us some of the important things that FFA is doing. You know, you have the aspect of ag education, but also just teaching kids basic life skills in terms of, How to, you know, how to go to a job interview, how to dress professionally, things like that. It it runs the whole gambit. Um, But I've thrown up a post on the Wake Up Men Missouri Facebook page, a couple photos of my time in FFA in the centralia ffa chapter is the duck on a leash there actually yes it is all right um (laughs) and i just i want to know you know are there any local ffa chapters doing anything cool this week for ffa week is there an ag advisor that you want to shout out you know let's just start this ffa like thread on the facebook page that
1: is one fabulous fabulous experience for kids i gotta tell you i mean having witnessed a few of their presentations it's just poise and posture and presentation super
0: good holocaust survivor watch the gang on our facebook or youtube channel find us at wake up in missouri
1: well it's a great pleasure to introduce you to uh, a survivor of the carnage that occurred on october 7th uh, in uh, in israel uh, at the border of uh, gaza and israel Mr. Gal Cohen Salal joins us now, and he is a survivor of that event—an uh, Israeli Jewish man on a speaking tour throughout uh, the states. He'll—he's—we're doing this ahead of an event that uh, he's speaking at tonight at Missouri University. Uh, why are we doing it ahead of, it, of the time? Because we didn't want. Uh bad guys to try to wreak the havoc that bad guys will do. And we saw that in Jefferson City just a week or so ago at the APAC meeting. Uh, and so uh, we, uh, we are talking to him ahead of a talk tonight. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us a little Thank bit you. about your family, where you live, the situation on October 6th. Um, so we
5: just moved to a village called Reim on October 1st. It's a very nice place, very quiet place with a very nice community. A kibbutz? Uh, yeah, it's a kibbutz. Actually, it's a kibbutz. What happens at a kibbutz? Uh, what do you mean?
1: Is it a, is it a communal type of? a... Yeah, it's yeah. a
5: social yeah. community. Okay. Well, mo- most of our, of our uh, salary uh-huh. uh, goes to the community, okay. and you just and the move. The community um, uh, bring the money to um, okay. sharing the money. Okay. Ah yeah, we just moved there on October first. Mm-hmm. From where? uh, From a different kibbutz, actually. Um, So it was me, it's me, it's my wife, Ayana, and we have three kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So we pretty much we plan to uh, establish our life in Reim. We were about to build a house over there. Um, Very nice place, very quiet place, friendly place. We really enjoyed. We were very happy to move and start our life there. How close to the Gaza border was it? Uh, it's about three miles from the uh-huh. Gaza border,
1: something like that. Yeah, it is close. And give our listeners a sense of the kind of, a, of an environment that you feel in terms of safety and security. Again, we're thinking October 6th now. Yeah, so in Rheim, uh
5: every now and then... We had rockets shooting rockets from Gaza towards uh, Kibbutz Re'im, but pretty much n- till October sixth, this is what we had over there. We had nothing more than that. We didn't. We, we weren't afraid uh, of uh, terrorists entering the kibbutz or something like that. Every time that we had rockets coming toward us and we heard the sirens, we went into our safe room in the house.
1: And pretty, mu- pretty much we waited till it will end. So it was, that was normal to expect rockets to come and yeah, to have a warning. How much warning it's, before it's, you needed to be in the safe space? So we got about 15 seconds.
5: It's nothing much. Wow. Um, pretty much you have to gamble. Um, wow. Once I picked, I have twins. I picked them uh, and we couldn't make it all the way to the safe room. Uh, you don't have much time. Uh, in the first time and then after that you are waiting in, your, in the safe room uh, until someone will send a message that everything is okay and you can get out of the safe room. But it was pretty normal. We mm-hmm. got used to it uh, in the area of Gaza envelope. We were used to it. Uh, for the rockets, it's a sad, um, sad thing to say, but
1: we got used to it. So you had, had a known level of threat that you were comfortable with and you had moved into. Okay. Yeah.
5: Yeah. We, we, well, we planned, we thought that at some point it will stop. We never thought about something worse than that. What happened on that fateful morning? Um,
1: October 7.
5: Around six 6.30, something like that. Uh, they will start to shoot rockets on us. The, we heard lots of siren. Um, we opened the television and we saw that there were plenty of rockets all over Israel, uh, all over uh, our kibbutz. It wasn't something normal. We, were, we weren't prepared for it. Uh, I went to the safe room with my three kids. Uh, I told my wife, go arrange a suitcase. We are leaving uh, as soon as possible. Until things will get calm, we we waited and we wanted to leave the kibbutz. Um, We start to hear shots, like from uh, machine guns and rifles, Uh, automatic rifle. Automatic, yeah. PKKs, RPGs. Uh, At the beginning, we thought it's uh, we heard it uh, from um, a bit far from us, and I thought it's our uh, army that trying to hit um the 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 terrorists that shooting rockets on us um and the the shots uh start to come towards us around 7 30 i asked the guy that is in charge of uh, my neighborhood uh, if it's possible that i will leave the kibbutz uh i got a suitcase with bags with with um with things for my kids and for my wife, we
1: want to live the essentials you wanted to get out of there
5: yeah, 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 till things will will get calm um so so uh okay, so um th- until things will get calm let's leave the the kibbutz and we will come back the day after mm. we'll go to my parents or something like that, so at seven thirty um I asked him if it's possible that I will leave. So, and he told me, no way. State's your safe room. There is a fear that terrorists enter the kibbutz.
1: Hmm. So, um, so the authorities so, in the kibbutz knew that they were on they the ground. They knew, yeah. Okay. They, they,
5: they knew that they're all around. Uh, it's the first time that my life and my wife and kids' lives been saved. Because at 7.30 they've already been out of the kibbutz they already been there on the roads. So 100% that they would have killed us. If you would have left and been on the road. 100%. If this guy that was in charge of my neighborhood would have told me, Gal, this is fine, you can live, I would have gone out. And 100% they would have killed us. Not me, I'm saying us. All right? Got me, it? my kids. My wife, God is good, eh? Hey, uh, (laughs) on this day, it depends who you're asking, but for me, yeah, few times. I mean, um, few um, times. That is chilling. That's that's that was the first time, hundred percent, because uh, we've been in the safe room for thirty hours, and then we left the kibbutz, and I saw what went uh, out of the kibbutz. I saw so many burnt car and uh, and bodies. We will go there. Uh, and then I understand that 100% they would have killed us.
1: We hear about women raped, uh, people beheaded, babies burned, um, un- just horrific, unbelievable, unimaginable carnage. Did did anyone in your kibbutz, Rahim, uh, suffer those kind of ends? So, and uh, I
5: know next this is tough for you to talk about. Next, to kibbutz, Rahim, the Nova Festival took place. All right, it was a very big festival around. Four thousand five hundred people over there
1: music festival
5: music festival yeah um, some of the people um, when the tourists came they start to attack the another festival as well. Many of the people tried to escape to Raïm. Raim was the nearest kibbutz. Um, there is evidence that three women from this festival uh, tried to enter one of the houses they entered one of the houses in Raim. Uh, The terrorists came and one after another uh, raped them. I'm not talking about one, two, or three uh, terrorists. I'm talking about dozens. Um, And after they finished, they raped, they uh, murdered uh, those three women. Uh, There is evidence, there is photos. Uh, Lucky me, I didn't saw those photos. The guy that, I know the guy that took the photos, he took the photos to the police, um, but there is evidence that 100 percent it happened in our kibbutz. Um, there is few kids that been shot, as well. There is um, they they pretty much they didn't really care. Um, there was no soldiers in kibbutz rain. People need to understand that it was pure civilians. We were only civilians in. Um, all the ages see, from 3 years old to 90 they didn't care, they start to burn houses with kids inside well they didn't knew that there was kids they just started to burn the house in, um,
1: indiscriminate terrorism without regard for who mm, or what. not at
5: all they, they didn't look well uh, in Gaza envelope there is army bases and there is the villages the kibbutzim They went all over those places, army bases. They um, killed everyone in the army bases, and they killed pretty much everyone in the the kibbutzim around. And it was pure civilians. There
1: was no one soldier in those kibbutzim. We're talking with Gal Cohen Salal, a Hamas attack survivor from October 7th on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. What do you have to say to... Those who are Hamas sympathizers who say that everything that you're reporting is just made up, it's just Israeli propaganda.
5: First of all, I got we have movies, I have movies with me that those things happened. All right, people are saying maybe two or three terrorists entered Kibbutz Reim. I have videos, uh, camera footage videos that can show you that the hundreds of terrorists entered the kibbutz. I saw burned houses inside the kibbutz. Um, you cannot imagine that you cannot create those kinds of things. Uh, I know the people that been shot. I know the people that people. I know people that been kidnapped. Uh, we are not lying. Uh, you can never um, create something like that. You can never think about something like that by yourself. You need very good imagination to do that.
1: Okay, and you said again, if you're just joining us. Uh you reported that had you made a different decision and left the safe room there in your house and gone out on the road, you would have been a victim. And so would your wife and children. 100%. And What's going on with your children and your wife now? What's going through their head well, after this? What did it do to them emotionally? The thing is that the, the terrorists came. All
5: right, I will say something about uh, when we've been in the safe room for 30 hours. The terrorists tried to enter my house. All right. Um, the house was locked. They could have kicked the door and opened it, but they chose not to. So to st- they started to shoot on my front door. Shooting? Yeah. Uh, and on my windows, we heard everything. My kids started to scream. I, um, we had to scr- strangle them. We had to, I had to put my mouth, my hands on their mouths, so they will not scream. Um, we are. Um, How old are they? Um, I have twins, which they are four and a half years old, and I have uh, little Jonathan, he's three years old.
1: Terrified.
5: Um, yeah, yeah, you cannot even imagine. Um, well, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of my life. I was afraid of my kid's life. At some point I thought that if the terrorist will enter my house, I will get out of the safe room. So they will um, kill me or kidnap me. Mm. But they will say um, they will leave my kids uh, aside. We know uh, there is the Bibas family. It's in a different kibbutz. The father tried to do that. So they kidnapped him. And after that, they came back and kidnapped his wife and his both kids. They're still hostages in Gaza. Uh, we are praying to have them back.
1: That was the first part of a, of a very compelling and riveting interview that we did last week with, uh, with a first eyewitness view account of what happened on October 7th. We'll be uh, unpacking a little bit more of that as time goes on. Don't forget, Taylor Burke joins us uh, at 810, and a big announcement then. John Marsh coming up with his segment on the wild and crazy world of what goes on.
0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's official talk show. Wake up, Mid-Missouri. Official talk show? What does that even mean? Official. And that would be all, except for this. Well, with Lincoln days upon us, how about some facts about old, honest Abe? At six foot four, Abraham Lincoln was the tallest president ever. He was also the first president to be photographed at his inauguration. If you look at the picture closely, standing nearby Lincoln was none other than his assassin, John Wilkes Booth. Oh. No. Lincoln and his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, held seances in the White House to great interest in psychic phenomena. And the contents of Lincoln's pockets on the night of the assassination. Two pairs of spectacles, a chamois lens cleaner, an ivory and silver pocket knife, a large, slightly used Irish linen handkerchief with A. Lincoln embroidered on it, gold watch fob without a watch, a Confederate $5 bill, and some news clippings of the Confederate Army, the Union Party platform, and a news clipping of emancipation in Missouri. Mm. So now you know the rest of that story. And he wore a size 14 shoe.
1: Yeah, well, there's another side of that story. People speculate that he had something called Marfan syndrome.
3: What's that? It's
1: a disease of connective tissue. And uh, people are characteristically tall, skinny, uh, may have either a protuberant breastbone or a caved-in one. Have They uh, tend to have aortic aneurysms? So the tissues that anchor Man. your body and hold yeah. tissues together...
0: He was uh, also supposedly clinically depressed, a lot of the psychologists have kind of...
1: Yeah, so extreme nearsightedness as well, heart murmurs, hmm. um, flat feet, so yeah. But don't wrestle him, right? Don't wrestle oh, that's right, that's a, right.
3: A couple of years ago, we had a Midwest Federal Society conference over in Springfield, Illinois, and had an opportunity to go to the oh, wow. library and the museum. It was, I mean, I think you can make a day trip from here. It was... Yeah. really great they'd spent a bunch of money on uh, on it and i i i wish i had more time to spend there
1: you know i heard some comment uh, look who look who popped in here <laughs> taylor burks popped in
4: <laughs> man they'll let anyone in I'm i tell place. you i was like
2: should i even be here right
1: now It's <laughs> crazy um yeah how you doing taylor welcome in thanks uh, i know to be here. i know you're gonna have a big uh, big announcement come there you go yeah, Everything no, good? great to be here. <laughs> uh, you're going to have a big announcement coming up here in a little bit, and um, that's going to be exciting. So, folks, you want after the news, you want to stay tuned because Taylor's, uh, I know, pondered and prayed over this uh, decision. So we'll have to see what the decision is because you talked about it when we had you on last time a couple weeks ago. A few weeks ago, yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, there was a debate uh, about debates. Uh, uh, I forget. It was a couple of Fox News analysts or something talking. Boy, couldn't we, wouldn't, wouldn't that be the best day ever if we could just have, instead of a a, a journalist with some kind of an agenda moderating our yeah. debates, just get out there and duke it out. I that's mean, that's how Lincoln
2: Douglas did it. They yeah. just stood up and they talked about their ideas right. with each other, and they didn't have to have a moderator, and that's how debates used to be. So, yeah. nowadays, you have, to, you have to be blessed by, you know, ABC and NBC and, and uh, mainstream media to have a, a debate that people don't even want to tune into anymore,
1: and very often outcomes of elections, if not determined by or influenced by the questions that are asked. Remember right. uh, back when Obama and Bush, uh, uh, or Obama and was it Obama and Romney? I think yeah. Remember she asked a thing about Russia, and yeah. and Romney got ridiculed. You know, and that we're about Russia is a significant threat. Well, we know you have some experience in terms of significant threats with your military a bit, experience. Yeah. yeah, so we'll touch. Based on that, what your assessment is of what's going on in the Middle East, and your big announcement when we come back on Wake Up Mid Missouri after the top of the hour news. Straight ahead, Taylor Burks.